Welcome to episode 8 of Amusement Sparks. This is the casual theme park design show, and uh, my guest for today is a relatively old friend of mine named Will. We used to work together at a retail store. It was pretty awesome. And um, so, Will, what have you been up to recently? Um, currently, still working retail at Kroger. Does that count as retail? It's a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I do the Will West show on YouTube, uh, talkable movies, uh, nerdy topics, Netflix shows, pretty much anything nerdy, Star Wars, comic book movies, I I tackle it. At least I try to. Yeah, that YouTube channel is pretty awesome. And, like, that's something that I've always been, like, borderline interested in doing. But, like, you're you're doing it really well for, you know, for someone who's, like, relatively new to the game. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the butt. I'm kind of been stagnant a couple weeks. So who knows? Maybe this will spark some interest uh, with amusement sparks over here. Ooh, there you go. Are we allowed to cuss on this? I, I just. Oh, uh, you sure. can cuss, but I'll I will censor it. Um, but I kind of like that challenge. Ah. So, <laughs> so yeah, feel free, feel at ease, feel right, comfortable. I just figured I'd ask. I, yeah. I mean, everybody asks that on podcasts nowadays, <laughs> right? Right. So. And it's kind of weird how many podcasts are like not family friendly like just cuss for like no apparent reason like i mean sure it, it can like make jokes funnier or something but i don't know that mm-hmm. it really adds that much i do think it makes people maybe more comfortable during the interview if they're allowed to like say whatever comes to mind and and that's cool and i respect that and like freedom of speech and everything but like i don't know you eliminate your audience in that situation it's kind of like i don't know right right yeah there's some pros and cons i suppose um i do this <laughs> this new uh kind of like warm up game that's just a, a quick, like, brainstorming exercise. It's, like, just for fun and to get the, the juices flowing a little bit. And uh, basically, right. yeah, it's it's fun. It shouldn't be too too hardcore or anything. But I have a list of toy-related adjectives and then a list of, like, types of toys. And I do a random generator to come up with a pairing. And then we have to, like, try to talk about what that would be like or how that would be a thing. Oh, my so, God. I'm loving this already. <laughs> it's called the Toynado. Um tentatively but let me uh get my random number generated here wow this is a weird one (laughs) it is i'm nervous an audio recording (laughs) yo-yo so so shoot try to try to to pitch me an audio recording (laughs) yo-yo okay so it's a mic but it's a yo-yo and i I don't know i'm thinking like going with like a mic drop kind of uh like flavor to it you know like if it if it's kind of shaped like a microphone it'd be kind of funny mm-hmm. if you like do a mic drop and then it just like rolls back up like you're walking oh, the that's, dog. Even, that's even cooler that's even cooler you're more creative than me but <laughs> well i'm just i mean it's a weird pairing like that's a, a very random combination because you usually don't want your microphone like flying around through the air because you're going to get all kinds of like like right. you know bad microphone sounds so mm-hmm. that is a weird one <laughs> Um, the, I know. <laughs> another thing I thought about was like, did you ever have a yak back when you were a kid? Like, did you grow up with that toy? The yak back? Is, yeah. Uh, no, I was more of uh, I had the to- the talk boy from Home Alone. Oh, the, nice. The credit card, you got it. That thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool plot device in that story. Um, so yak yeah. back, you know, similar, just like little recording device where you can either play back the audio like in slow motion or fast motion or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That was really popular when I was in elementary school. But like, you know, yak back, as in like the audio gets played back to you. It could kind mm-hmm. of be like a yo-yo where it like goes away from you and then comes back to you. So I don't know. There's there's some like similarities there, but I don't know if it makes a cool toy. <laughs> it seems like kind of a weird one. <laughs> it, it doesn't. I, I think you'd see that at the dollar store. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> because like 
I mean, yep, if yep. you're you're like recording yourself, you know, singing the song or whatever while you're playing with it, the, you're just going to sound like you're far away from the mic and then you're close and then you're far away and then you're close. It's just going to be annoying to listen to. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if I would buy one necessarily, but I think we, we've done all we can with that <laughs> that pairing. Let's yeah, do that. Uh, I, I wish it was something cooler. I also, I'd, be, I'd be joking around more with it. Right, right. <laughs> Let's try another one. I usually do two right. per episode. Okay, it is, the the adjective is grows with you, so it's supposed to, like, change its use as you get older, which is really kind of weird, but it's a juggling set. Okay. So, a juggling Ooh. set that grows with you. <laughs> so, what can you do with a juggling set before you're old enough to actually juggle? Hmm. Uh, swallow it. <laughs> you're a baby. It's edible. It could be, like, a teething thing, I suppose, like... You're supposed to chew yeah. on it, and it like makes your you know your teeth pop out of your gums or whatever that's supposed to do. Or it could be like building blocks, like you know mm-hmm. alphabet blocks. And then when you get older, you just juggle yeah. it. Part yeah, of the uh, struggles. It's almost like those little Russian dolls. You just keep splitting you, them up, and that'd then be start cool. Tossing them. Yeah, you can stack them inside. <laughs> as, you, as your skill level improves with your age, you just yeah. go. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and maybe they open, and there's smaller ones inside of them. So like. I don't know what you would do with that, but <laughs> you could do something with that mechanism where you have really small pieces. So if you want a bunch of them, you can open them all up and take, you know, all the little ones outside, out of it. And you've got a bunch of different size pieces. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Juggling pieces, like, I'm sure the professionals use specific, like, brands or whatever. But generally, you just need things that are the same size, right? So Usually. there's not that much, like, super unique about a juggleable item, <laughs> It's like, right. it's just the thing that's the same size as the other things. So <laughs> that yeah. one kind of sucks too. Yeah. The, 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 this is hilarious that this this item came up because I was watching, I got the Power Ranger season one and two box set oh, nice. the other day, yeah. $120. I was like, uh, even though I want the huge box set that has all of them, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, I got to buy this. Oh yeah. And we got, to, we got to the clowning episode and Billy just like totally cuts off uh, Trini's little cousin just so he can chuckle. And <laughs> that's awesome you need to watch no clowning around on netflix okay that's that's my recommendation episode of power rangers that everyone needs to watch to see if it aged well and it it did not it's so bad but but like in a good way yeah that show is very very 90s and like even within the show they talk about like how 90s certain things are like that's one of like kimberly's phrases for like this thing is really cool it's like oh that's so 90s (laughs) it's awesome or oh this is so more oh more phenomenal phenomenal Oh, heck yeah. I've been yeah. watching that show a lot because, um, yeah. you know, I love the series. I've always been a fan of, of Power Rangers and Super Sentai. And since the movie came out, I was like, I need more. I need more. And the comics are really great. And that's like satisfying. A oh, edge, I love the comics. Dude, yes. Justice League Power Rangers. Uh-huh. It's a really cool pairing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I didn't think Zed and uh, Brainiac were a good pairing, but I, I thought maybe he would team up with Dark Side, but the Justice League has been fighting Dark Side a lot lately. So maybe I, I could understand why they switched villains up. But besides that, it's kind of funny because another episode, the Black Knight episode, Ernie brings up Batman. So Batman exists in their universe, technically. Oh, that's like, oh cool. hey, Power Rangers are going to do for Angel Grove before Batman did to Gotham. I'm like, oh my god, Batman's real. He's canon. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. I can nerd out about Power Rangers forever. Me too. But this isn't a Power Rangers. Yeah, I'm hoping to do a Power Rangers themed you know, theme park at some point, that'd be really awesome. But I just haven't found the right guest yet. That's one of the things that's been with me always like Power Rangers, Pokemon. There's very few things that come above that as far as like what's had an influence on me as a fan. And then also as like someone who likes to write stories, they're almost always Pokemon inspired or Power Rangers inspired. Like there's either giant robots or like collectible monsters of some kind. 
they're always there. <laughs> I've got one more thing coming out of the Toynado generator over here, and this is a QR code model kit. For the listener, if anyone doesn't know what a QR code is, it's like a little black and white thing. It kind of looks like a really like pixelated barcode almost. It's just a black and white field that you can scan with your smartphone or whatever device, and it will take you to a specific website. Mm-hmm. So if we try to think about like a model kit that would use that, the easiest one would be put the directions online or like if it's a, um, right. you can build it multiple ways. You could include like the alternative instructions online and mm-hmm. include the basic ones in the box. So right. I don't know if that really adds that much or that to could it. be just a way to make things, it could be a thing just to make things more green. Just like you said, like it just yeah. take you to a website. Oh, that's cool. Wasting instead paper of a paper stuff, instructions. That's the only thing I can think of to add oh. to your point. No, I like that a lot. That's really cool. Um, you could also do like maybe once you've built it, you know, you're supposed to scan this, the QR code and it takes you to a, a like really cool um, three-dimensional rendering of your build like rotating around. So it's like it shows you what your creation looks like in, you know, really mm-hmm. high quality computer generated graphics or something. It, yeah, it could almost be like Star Wars card trader. Just, it's, you can show off your actual collection and your digital collection. Oh. And Pokemon actually does this too. They have the QR codes that you scan. You mm-hmm. can get pokemon booster packs online as well for free heck yeah man i i, I exclusively yeah. play online these days because the pokemon trading card game is awesome and uh the online mm-hmm. version is so great it's so easy to play for free like i haven't put any money mm-hmm. into that thing i've i've bought a few booster packs in real life and just when i do that i get the cards in mm-hmm. the game too so it's great i love i love the way they're keeping that community going online for for those of us who aren't, you know, of like organized play age or aren't serious enough at it to like go to actual tournaments and stuff, you can still play online mm-hmm. whenever you want to, twenty four seven against real people. It's the internet's yeah, great. Yeah, and we don't have to wait for a trading card game sequel to come out for the three DS. <laughs> we don't have to wait for that. We can oh, just go online. Man. That's a sequel. Yeah, somehow I still really want that to happen though, because the the Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy Color was so awesome, where you get to like actually walk around the world. Um, mm-hmm. like a regular Pokemon game, but instead of battling your Pokemon, you play a Pokemon trading card game. I, I freaking love that game. It's probably my favorite uh, Game Boy Color game. Even more than Pokemon Silver and Gold? Um, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because Silver and Gold, like, after so many generations of the standard, like, main series Pokemon games, like, they all blend together, and I don't necessarily right. need every single generation anymore. You know, I can, like, go on some of them. But whatever is <laughs> going to happen on the Switch, like, that Pokemon game is probably going to be incredible i'm so excited for that yeah there's rumors that it would be pokemon stars that's what early oh. nerds are saying but i think that's just people grasping at straws and sun and moon are both in space i don't know people yeah. are just crazy that's, that's a silly theory if you have to have a third game in that series though that's a really cool combination like a the sun moon and stars that sounds mm-hmm. awesome i like that theory i haven't or, heard that one I haven't heard that or, one or pokemon eclipse pokemon eclipse we could be another whoa. one whoa dude whoa that's... blowing everyone's mind right now yeah that's really awesome too wow i love that yeah. excellent well yeah. um cool so thank you for uh for participating in the the tornado i know that's like a little bit of a curveball it, it's supposed to you know get the juices flowing and get get us ready to uh design a theme park which is what we're all here for right 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 trying to trying yeah. to <laughs> so when i asked you if you had any interest in designing a theme park uh, you definitely said yes, and uh, when you picked a topic, uh, what did you choose? I picked Yu-Gi-Oh! because they have been begging for a theme park, even in like all their seasons, and it would be called Kaiba Land. Exactly. They've, they've referenced having a theme park in almost every series of, you know, of both the mm-hmm. manga and the anime. Like, lots yep. of discussion of Kaiba Land. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this comes from Seto Kaiba, is that how you say his name? 
Yeah, Seto Kaba. Uh-huh. I mean, I, don't get mad. I'm, I'm not gonna get mad about it. But other <laughs> anime, if you have any, any anime fan listeners, they might get mad mm-hmm. about it. So Seto Kaiba is a character in Yu-Gi-Oh, and he uh, yeah, he's essentially Batman, but instead of using his money for good, he uses it to, buy, to uh, play card games and design jets that look like, like blue eyes white dragons and. Uh, and also another good thing he makes hollow projection things actually play dual monsters on because everything in their infrastructure revolves around dual monsters like everyone has jobs revolving around it game shops are actually a big deal I mean in our world there's only like maybe an aisle or two or if there's specific little tiny shops they're not as big and bold as uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh where the game stores could like range from being as big as a Walmart it's yeah. ridiculous it, it is <laughs> a little universe. over the top the, the whole world of Yu-Gi-Oh is basically uh centered around gaming like it's all about there's the you know the card game which which is called Yu-Gi-Oh in our reality but in their world it's called I think Duel Masters and it was originally like Magic Duel and, Monsters yeah yeah Duel Monsters and it was originally like wasn't it called Magic and Wizards or something I think in the original manga that I read in Shonen Jump back in the day it was like they called it something else like that um which I'm oh, like, you got bigger you got bigger deep cuts than me man <laughs> <laughs> well you know i was really school, into me i was really into shonen jump like when i was in you know eighth grade ninth grade that That's era the time i was into it too so, oh man yeah. i kind of miss it like i miss those days i i really like the uh i mean not only the art style but just generally the storytelling is very much geared towards that young like you know preteen, teenage mindset right. of like everything's an adventure and like you can be the best at anything even if you are like a nerd and you get picked on like but only if you have a millennium item <laughs> right you have to have the the rarest most expensive things The like, the uh, guy who created uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, which I didn't realize this, it, the manga first started being printed in like 1996. So the oh, same wow. year that Pocket Monsters came out in Japan, which is kind of crazy. But like, very crazy. Didn't I know. know he wanted to make like a a horror uh, story, but he decided that he wanted he like the themes he kept going back to were kind of game based because he didn't want it to be too violent. So basically, mm-hmm. if you try to make a kind of horror inspired game-based story it ends up being something kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh where there's a lot of like allusions to kind of like dark scary imagery and there's a lot of like very high stakes situations just like in a horror mm-hmm. film but almost everything comes back to let's settle this with a game or the loser of this game has this you know horrible punishment yeah. they have to go through. We actually so, there was actually another season of Yu-Gi-Oh that we didn't get uh, it's called titled season zero that kind of like was super dark and like the pharaoh and Yu-Gi would actually kill people in whoa. these games of chance yeah uh <laughs> There was one where um, I, I don't know exactly what the pharaoh did, but like he um, caught this guy on fire uh, while he was like pouring this drink on him. He, he more or less killed a guy and caught him on fire. He's like, "Oh hey, like I tricked you into doing this. You just killed yourself. Bye bye." Like <laughs> it was pretty dark. And, and there's been even more stuff. Like they allude to it in flashbacks and make it like they censor it for like kids and stuff. And the season one that we got, mm-hmm. I gotcha. So I ha- I've been a like Pokemon nerd just hardcore so much that like when oh, you... I, I love them all dude i love oh, them all <laughs> yeah absolutely and me too i, I really love yeah. that that genre of you know that whole thing the whole shonen jump jump kind of thing like just uh adventure mm-hmm. stories and like and competition stories that kind of thing like the whole 
pretty much the whole manga like scene in general, really. It's, it's a lot of those kinds of stories and I really appreciate those. But, um, when Yu-Gi-Oh came out, I got a little bit into the card game cause I've always been a card game player. Oh, I was stoked when they finally brought the card games out. But, uh, when Walden books finally got the starter decks, I'm like, Oh, is that, are those real? Is that a real <laughs> thing? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, screw Harry Potter. I want that. Yeah, man. <laughs> It was kind of a game changer. And I, I do think it was a good competitor for Harry Potter. It was a lot kind of, you know, darker and more, um, I don't know, more interesting to me, more mysterious. Because in, in Harry Potter, the magic mm-hmm. doesn't seem that dangerous necessarily. I mean, there's there's always villains around, but there's also so many other people who can use magic for good. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, a lot enough, of... There's actually a trading card game of that, too. Sorry if I'm talking Oh, really? Huh. Well, I didn't know a trading card game of Harry Potter. Yeah, Wizards of the Coast released it. Wizards of the Coast? So when you when you're talking about the the Pharaoh being with with Yugi, well, first of all, I, I guess for the listener, if anyone's not super familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, the main character is well, the main character of the original series name is Yugi. Yeah, he, he solved this thing called the Millennium Puzzle uh, that he put together, like like ancient Egyptian Legos is what I'll call it, just to be <laughs> simplified here. And since he solved that, he freed this ancient Pharaoh who you see all these monsters away, and every time like he's in a in a deep bind or there's someone's challenging him or like picking on Yugi, uh, the Pharaoh would come and say, Oh, Hey, like not so fast. And he would grow five inches taller than he actually is. It looks like Yugi has the same hair and everything. He just looks a little scarier. Like the art style just ages him up and makes him look a little scarier, darker. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like part of the main thing is that, uh, this, this, you know, kind of normal, nice kid Yugi can like basically turn into like a total, like master of games when he needs to, he can like summon this kind of, pharaoh like dark power thing to kind of uh you know kind of transform him into something that's that's even more powerful and more uh of a winner at games and stuff mm-hmm. i did not watch much of the the tv show growing up at all like i didn't really know the story um i read a little bit of you know the manga a little bit but not much as far as i watched it way too much yeah really so that's good yeah. that, it's good that you've got the experience with like mm-hmm. what actually is in kaiba because i never saw any of those episodes so for prepping for mm-hmm. this podcast i you know did some research and stuff and um it didn't seem like there was yeah, a ton to kaiba it's like well what if this you know teenage like super wealthy guy bought a theme park it seemed like a lot of the things he mm-hmm. put into that park were designed to kind of test Yugi or to battle against Yugi or get revenge against this guy. So it's almost like an elaborate, like, prank. Yeah, he's like if Gary Oak had even more money. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure Gary Oak comes from money. Right, that's but a good... If Gary Oak had money and Brock's voice, This that's where, what you would have. You would have Seto Kaiba. You were talking about the, uh, the, like, technology that he has to make, like, holograms that you can, like, actually interact with. And I guess in the series they call that solid vision, or in some series they call it AR vision, where it's, like just augmented reality yeah, that's, that's in the that's the season i didn't really watch is mm-hmm. the fourth one uh yeah. they usually have these like they have these things that look like scouters from dragon ball z that help yeah. them see all the dual monsters out there i thought that's a cool concept i to, think like, so bring too. that to real life and if you if you're going to be doing like big holograms like if that's going to be a big part of it is like being able to see these big monsters and interact with them i think that having a cool like themed you know um what's it called 3d like viewer It'd be really cool if it like mm-hmm. makes sense and fits in with the canon of the story, which it does with the uh, it's called the D Gazer, I think, or Dual Gazer from from that one specific series. So that'd be kind of cool if they all had yeah those available people to, could put on. Um, the series always had really cool technology, yeah. like as as for for a series that's almost exclusively based on the same exact trading card game, like 
they have so many cool different ways mm-hmm. of playing it. Like there's one series where they pretty much just play it like on motorcycles and like there's all That's kinds of favorite. I can love that one the best. <laughs> It's, no, hilarious. it's so ridiculous yeah but they it, almost abandoned that like halfway after the first season arc of like stopping the main bad guy they abandoned that and they just play regular they'll have a few of those things but like they're like, oh hey that was a cool concept but we're the synchro thing is just play play normal play normal we can't yeah. keep animating this right it, it's almost like power rangers where they just need to add more tech yeah they add more and more technology every season like there's a new gimmick this time look at this buy this toy buy this toy <laughs> it's awesome So some part of, of Kaiba Land that looked really interesting to me was this like kind of secret area that wasn't available to the public called Death T. There are there are like five different levels to this. There's like Death T1, Death T2, all the way up to five. And they're like different chambers that are created as challenges for Yugi so that like Kaiba can like prove that he's he's better. So um, yeah, there's there's five different levels to it and they're each like a different kind of like almost like an escape room or like a haunted house kind of thing. Like they're scary, like dangerous uh, obstacles that they have think, to overcome. If I'm being honest, I don't think that made that to the anime. Ooh, that yeah, sounds it, awesome though. When I was reading over like uh, the details of it, it looks pretty hardcore. Like the first one is called shooting stardust and it's basically a laser tag kind of thing. So that's not too crazy, but I guess Kaiba, oh. Kaiba kind of <laughs> cheats at it. Like he gives the good guy team like fake, you know, I mean, obviously it's all fake cause it's laser tag, but like, their guns don't actually right. fire lasers, whereas the bad guys team, you know, they do. And they like he hired these like professional people to come in and like try to school these kids at laser tag. And of course, the good guys prevail somehow. Like they come up with better tactics and they end up beating the bad guys. But then they get to Death T2, which is the electric chair ride or in the Japanese version, electric chair ride of death <laughs> where it's a roller coaster i mean um if you scream you get electrocuted with a million volts so <laughs> uh, jesus i know i was like that's uh that's pretty hardcore <laughs> um and i was like i think just kind of had a fetish for that that's ridiculous it is a lot very like dungeon like torture kind of stuff it's but it's theme park themed which is are are we sure kaiba isn't just gonna be in the next saw movie because it just sounds like something jigsaw would made up yeah definitely you're totally right um death death t3 the next one is like almost like tetris like they're in this room and there's just big blocks that start falling from the ceiling and like they're huge and very heavy and like they have to figure out the patterns of when they they drop so they can keep climbing up them to get through a hole in the ceiling and like i guess someone in their party eventually like their coat gets stuck in between two of them and they try to go back to save him, but by then a block like stops the like covers the top of it, so they can't go back down. <laughs> so it seems pretty scary, like but pretty what, intense. That's that's murder. That's murder, isn't it? <laughs> I or think so. Do we know? I, it sounds I like so. murder, but I would assume because it's an anime, like he comes back at some point. Um, but I think that could make kind of a fun, uh, you know, like game or like a a theme, like a themed playground sort of deal, where you have to like. Yeah. It's not going to crush you, of course. Like It has to sense if it actually lands on someone. But yeah, maybe... we, can't, yeah we, we, we can't call it death. We can't call it death tea. Anything. <laughs> it's called fun tea. 
Well, or, or, or just hug, hug tea, hug tea, hug tea one. <laughs> I guess in one version it was called uh, Doom Tea. Like in one of the video games, they don't want it to be as scary, so it could be called Doom Tea. And it's just like, oh, it's an attraction at a theme park that's kind of Doom flavored. And, like, and then when you need, then when you need to rehydrate, that marketing's already there. You can get some Doom Tea. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, boy. I'll, all the puns, all the puns already. Mm-hmm. And then what's what's the name of the uh, the person's job who creates that tea or farms it? You know, is there uh, a, some a Taya? Uh... I think. Uh, oh, Taya Gardner. <laughs> yeah, they all just they all dress up like her because her name's spelled like T. Yeah, her name is pretty much T Gardner, but they pronounce it Taya. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> I wonder if they play on that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of brunettes in the area could cosplay as her and get me get some jobs, make that money, get, Heck yeah. make and get tea tips. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any more for the death tea? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, two more or... two more sectors of of death tea. Uh, death tea four <laughs> is a giant uh, capsule monster chess arena. So it's basically this is another game that they play in the series. Ooh, ooh, that'd yeah, be, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. And it, it looks really cool. Spin- that was like a filler season, sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right, but it looks go cool. Ahead, go ahead. The gameplay looks really fun on that. But essentially what they have in this is just like a big arena, and uh, it's like the two people who are battling each other, like physically playing the game, are up on a catwalk. And then down below, like 30 feet below them, is this huge arena where the moves that they're making, like it's you know sort of chess-related. You, It'd be like there's a huge chess board so all, down almost below Almost like you. Wizard's Chest from... Like, Harry Potter. Exactly, another tie-in with Harry but Potter. With, but with both Yu-Gi-Oh monsters. Yeah, or almost yeah. like um, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or uh, Tactics Ogre, if Ooh. anyone's played those games. It's or kind Fire of similar. Emblem. Oh, yeah, or Fire another Emblem. another cool tactics game. Sure, or, yeah, yeah, there's tons of those, like, yeah. strategic battle games. But this this part of Death Tea is basically just a big arena to, to play a game in. And, like, that's, that's innocuous, that's fun. That could be at a... You'd expect that to be at a Yu-Gi-Oh theme park, like big huge holographic right. interpretations of the moves you're actually making or we could make this be for the cards that you're playing as well like you know it and it's kind of cool the way that it's designed almost works like a theme park by itself because the players are up on a catwalk mm-hmm. and then down below them it looks like they've get an, get an over overhead view of these huge monsters but that could just be a screen you know it could be really like realistic high-end graphics of a digital representation yeah, I actually have time. a to, to bring it back to that we'll go back to we'll get back to density but i had just had an idea sure just, uh because we all know amusement parks are going to have like some some things that have live shows, mm-hmm. so there's going to be like some random like I don't know what to call it, maybe like um, Duke Devlin's like dueling theater or something like that. It's a character from the show that mm-hmm. everyone knows, um, but he invents Dungeon Dice monsters. But anyway, at this theater, you could go watch like people uh, who dress like the characters reenact duels. Uh, obviously, they're going to rotate and uh, keep doing different things, but like they can get like little uh, holograms, like you suggested. Uh, kids who still love Yu-Gi-Oh could go into this room, like, oh my god, like, hey, this is when uh, Yugi beat him with uh, the stuff of the Sky Dragon. Uh, but just pretty much any reenactment of duels can be played here, and just all the uh, actors you get to play the characters here could just be completely over the top, and like uh, maybe uh, the guy playing. Yugi or whatever protagonist they get from whatever season could just like pick a kid out of the audience to like do the final finishing move to beat Kaiba. Oh and man! Like, similar to like what they do with with uh with the Star Wars portion of uh, Hollywood Studios and what they're gonna do with Star Wars Land, like with Vader agging people on or the Jedi training simulator stuff like that. That sounds awesome. I, I think that'd be kind of fun. Oh, totally. And I feel like because this the series is so based on on you know games like a competitive game going against each other, so 
acting those out would be really cool. Having like an arena where people can just go watch these battles would be neat. And then also like you, you kind of touched on like people who love the cards. It'd be cool if you could maybe have like a room where you can place your card on a scanner and it just plays displays a huge hologram around of it like you know life-size hologram of it around you and you can kind of like just see what it would be like if you actually had that that monster under your control i have disneyland in the back of my mind and right in the center instead of like the main castle we'd have pegasus's castle since he pretty much brought dual monsters over here yeah would, it would be almost like his his duelist kingdom there'd be like silly videos about like oh hey like pegasus is this and that he would like maybe intro stuff and then just for a second while we're here, can we talk about Maximilian Pegasus? Like, who is that character? Um, he is also a millionaire, of course, uh, and an architect, <laughs> kind of an architect. He's, I mean, he's bored. He's got money. Of course, he's going to be an architect. Pegasus goes on this expedition to Egypt to find some way to revive his, or like at least heal his, uh, his dead wife or mm-hmm. his dead girlfriend. I, it's, I again, I've watched the show in a long time. Yeah, but he finds dual monsters and the Millennium Eye, and the Millennium Eye allows him to cheat and like see stuff. And just gives him some power, and he, he he pretty much gets his fortune up higher and higher since he brought dual monsters to Japan or wherever they are, and or I guess Domino City, I guess it's called in their show. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's at. The country. <laughs> I mean, I could totally. Yeah, in generic country number five, mm-hmm. uh, Pegasus made millions of dollars. Uh, but besides that, he's the main villain of season one, and he kind of becomes like a sort of helping hand in later seasons and shows up. Uh, he t- takes Yugi's uh, grandpa's soul, and, and Yugi and his friends all have to get high in the tournament so they help get his soul back. And it's it's a pretty wacky show. Now yeah, I say it out loud. But. It, well, it is, but but they've they've structured it so that there's like a lot of different bad guys and a lot of stakes. And that's one thing that's really impressive about the series is like they're mm-hmm. constantly raising the stakes, like every single episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And it, right. and it doesn't get old really. It's it's. It's really there's a lot of tension and a lot of drama and a lot of like fear that happens in this. A lot of reason why they need to win every single time because there's a lot riding on every game. I know it's just a game, like it doesn't really matter, but that's never something that crosses their mind. That's not at all in the like the show. It's like games are right. life. Like this is a life or death situation almost every time. Like somebody is really going to get messed up if we if we don't win this game. So it's kind of cool. It's like it's right. way more exciting than like sports or something where it's like oh. They lost. Like, they don't get to go to the Super Bowl. Like, oh boy. They're still going to, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's still going to, like, right. be okay. But in, in Yu Gi Oh!, it's, like, very high stakes all the time. And it's kind of cool. But, um, so but just that- imagine, just imagine if the Super Bowl was like that, though. <laughs> if the team lost, all those guys lose their souls until the next season. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, oh, Russell Wilson, no! <laughs> I would watch sports if they had high stakes like that. That'd be oh, awesome. I would love it. If Tom, because I'm a Patriots fan, I could just see Tom Brady going and Bill Belichick going, we banish you to the center. <laughs> everyone, everyone sees them as the bad guys anyway, so they might as well just own it. Yeah, enjoy it. In my uh, research of Maximilian Pegasus, because I didn't watch the show, I didn't know who he was. I knew he was a cool guy with long hair and like a golden eye thing. But the same guy who voiced uh, James from Pokemon also voices him. Huh. He's a really cool character, and he's got, you know, the... The eye that lets him cheat, though, is it called the Millennium Eye? The Millennium Eye. They're all there's yeah. seven Millennium items. Um, if you get all seven, I I don't know. You have ultimate power. Uh, I know at the end of the show, spoiler alerts. For, I mean, the show's been out forever. I mean, yeah. the, the mega's been out for a long time too. But mm-hmm. uh, after Yugi and the Pharaoh get all seven items, they have to do like a final duel to put the Pharaoh's uh, soul at rest. And 
I mean, if someone else who didn't have a righteous spirit like Yugi and all of them didn't do that, they could have like taken over the world or destroyed everything. So wow. it's a good thing they got a hold of them. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, wild. But in um, I mm-hmm. that what you just brought up was a really cool point. Actually, it's it's neat how how Pegasus, like Maximilian Pegasus, seems like such a huge like bad guy in the original series, but he actually kind of helped to create yeah. so many of the games that they're playing. So it's almost like he's sort of a Steve mm-hmm. Jobs type character, where he created the platform in general, but then. But then they have to go and fight against him, like this huge like creator person, inventor. Um, he has a company called Industrial yep. Illusions, and I thought it'd be kind of cool if like yep. we we put like little logos on all of the things that are built within the park that have a little you know TM Industrial oh, Illusions. Yes. I'm loving that. <laughs> I'm loving that. And then you know Love maybe um, if if we want to have the the park guest take the role of someone who's just playing these games, you know what I mean? And like maybe starts out like a, just a general, like for fun tournament in a hobby store, like in a game shop. Cause I do think we should have a lot of game shops in this park, by the way, but so maybe it starts out like a low tier tournament. Yeah, exactly. So it starts out a low, low uh, regular tournament. And then if you win those tournaments, you get to go into one of the big arenas and battle there. And then it just keeps escalating up throughout the oh, course of the that. day. Wouldn't that be cool? And eventually you get to battle against uh, Maximilian. And if you beat him, then like, Who's higher than that? Probably like Yugi or Kaiba, or right. If if it's a crappy day, crappy day, you get like uh, Rex and Weevil because uh, they were the champions before um, Yugi and Kaiba got on the scene, and they're dinosaur themed and uh, bug themed. If you oh, can't cool. if you can't tell by their names, yeah, that makes sense. I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's there's another there's another guy who's kind of famous in the Battle City arc, uh, Merrick Ishtar. Uh, he was like the guardian of. Uh, the pharaoh's tomb or whatever and he ends up going evil and getting all the god carts and trying to uh kill the pharaoh uh, yeah and the, the season after pegasus dude that's what so you could maybe duel him that's what i'm hoping to get to is the the egyptian god stuff like that whole theme is always like part of the, like dark imagery that they call upon and you know yugi like the the spirit for like dark yugi is this this ancient pharaoh thing and all of the mm-hmm. you know the millennium items and stuff it'd be cool if there's you know eventually you know you get the glory of like winning this tournament but then there are these kind of dark secrets of like, where do these games actually come from? And you can kind of uncover this mystery and you have to go, maybe there's like a pyramid like underground or something. And you go and you kind of can battle against these like manifestations of Egyptian gods. And like things get really, really crazy. If you're a really good player, it's like invitation only you get to the, go to the back room, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like this crazy Egyptian themed, like really next level stuff. Be awesome. Yeah. They, they, they hire you to be the next champ. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Because you hear that come out. Like, oh, hey, you beat everybody. Uh, you, can, you can actually work here now. You can <laughs> play Yu-Gi-Oh! for a living. It's, it's really exciting to kind of to think about all the uh, competition that would be going on here and, like, how you can structure bracket, bracketed tournaments every single day just among park guests. And then the top, you know, top however many finishers get to go in battle against the kind of costumed characters who use those characters' actual decks and, kind of, and stuff like that. And then you can even transcend well, those the guys. The reason I brought that up, and mm-hmm. right, right, that'd be awesome. But the reason, like, I brought that whole like dueling concept up, and just like having like the shows, and like now this tournament that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, for like the tenth or fifteenth anniversary, they released this movie called Bond Beyond Time. So at one of the tournaments, Dan Green, the original voice of the Pharaoh, and the guy who ends up playing Yusei Fudo from Five Ds, uh, they have them duel against each other, like the voice actors, and they built decks with all their cards in them, and cool. they like. Uh, they definitely set it up so Yugi would win, but like I was on the edge, of like, oh my god, like I got, who's gonna win this? This is so exciting! Wait like, a minute, so it's it's the good guys, like the heroes of two different seasons, battling each other. 
It, it's, it was the voice actors. Okay, so it was like an event where it was just the voice actors physically playing the game in like real life. Yes. That sounds awesome. Wow, I love that. That's really cool, like branding. That's a really cool idea for an event. Oh man! Well, yeah, they kept, they kept, like they, they had cameras just on the cards, and they just come like, oh, no, I, I, I do this move, and like they were doing them in character and oh, voice. I'm like, oh my god! Like, imagine wow. if like they actually got them like in suits, or like they had people <laughs> cosplayed as them, yeah, just, like, acting it out for them. Like, how, how baller would that be? Yeah, seriously, this park sounds so cool. It's, it's, it's kind of evolving to be more of just a, a tournament home. You know what I mean? Like, we would definitely have all of the like global Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments happening here, which. This card game is really big, by the way. If you go to any, you know, hobby shop, game shop, mm -hmm. they might have a little bit more magic, but Yu-Gi-Oh, they almost always have more Yu-Gi-Oh stuff than Pokemon. Like, I think that it is, in the Guinness Book of World Records, technically, as of a few years ago, it was the top-selling card game in the world. So it's it's got a lot of fans. I think this park would attract a lot of people. I had weaned myself off of the cards, and then uh, <laughs> my little brother's... I mean, they got about the same age that I did when Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! were, like, getting popular and cool. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, let's try this out again. And I got into the, the Synchro Summoning stuff, and mm -hmm. Zexal was kind of cool. I was like, oh, my God. And my friend Benny was also not a good good factor in this. He can find the cards. <laughs> Dude. All my friends are playing. I got I to gotta play now, too. <laughs> That's so fun to be in on something with your friends like that, where it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know. You just encourage each other so much to, like, build a deck so you can compete. I just love the competitive nature of games like that. I think it's it's a really fun social experience, and I think building a whole park with that that atmosphere would be so cool. The next season is called Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. The main protagonist is this guy, um, um, Jaden Yuki. Kaiba sets up a dual academy since uh, that's all he can do with his money is waste it and do silly things like this. But hey, <laughs> dueling's a thing you can do in this world. Mm -hmm. So more power to him. But like, it's essentially a, a Hogwarts, but Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, you play card games and stuff, but there could be like, like a, a ride or like some simulation thing revolving around that i wasn't familiar with that season mm -hmm. we could also have like a dual we could have a dual runner ride where you're riding like the little uh bikes that they were riding for the card games on motorcycles yeah, i think that you would have, be like, a... you have like dragons you can have dragons flying by Whoa. or something of that sort i don't know yeah there's a I... lot of cool dragons and like really cool monsters that you could easily theme a roller coaster around and i think um people who are you know fans of Yu-Gi-Oh are okay if it's like here's a roller coaster that just looks like you know uh blue eyes white dragon or whatever whatever kind of mm -hmm. cool like monsters there are in this world we can have themed attractions that are based on those and i feel like the the target age for this is is maybe a little bit older than like some theme parks which have you know like real really little kid areas but there are some like cute monsters like cute cuddly things in this world as well so yeah you, like karibo right exactly you could have a, a kid's area that's kind of like a little you know happy like little kids chibi area um, mm -hmm. it'd be kind of cool too, like having it for all ages where there's, there's like regular, like family roller coasters. And then there's also like really high thrills and like really scary parts you can go to. If you, you know, you, you meet the height requirements or whatever the age requirements. Mm -hmm. Cause I think another cool part of the show is like, you know, the high stakes part. So, um, there's like the penalty games, which is like something that Yugi makes people go through if they, if they lose, like that's one of right. the things he can kind of bring to the table as a bargaining chip is like, if you lose, you have to do a penalty game. 
And a lot of these are like pretty traumatic experiences. They don't actually hurt right. you because he's a good guy, but it could be a VR thing where you have to like put this VR headset on and like, you know, just fall off of a really tall building or like watch like a monster like eat you or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I had another idea for a cool gimmick. Um, some of the different seasons, like the, uh, I think it's called Zexel. Is that how you say that? Yeah, that's the fourth okay. uh, big one. Zexel, yep, you got it cool. right. So this the season Zexel, the one we talked about where they have the uh, the D-Gazers, which is kind of like a Dragon Ball Z scouter, like a, a thing that basically mm-hmm. covers one eye. So it's like a really cool kind of sci-fi looking monocle, um, but it lets you see virtual reality stuff. Um, an idea I had was uh, because some of those characters have like these really crazy things where it just looks like a tattoo over their eye. But it basically mm-hmm. allows them to see these, you know, virtual things without having the physical equipment on their face. Um, and you know how, like, one of the coolest things for me about the series is when Yugi transforms. Like, um, he henshin is what they call that in, like, in uh, you know, Power Rangers, like Super Sentai kind of things. Like when you transform into your your stronger form, you know, like a Sailor Moon transformation sequence, for example, would be called a, a henshin sequence. But It'd be really cool if you go in, you know, you look like yourself and they have like a kind of makeup uh, makeover area where you can come up with like, what do you want your henshin to be like? So going from Yugi to like dark Yugi, like what, what kind of transformation is going to happen to you? So it could be like those like tattoo things around your eyes or it could be, you know, any kind of tattoo really, or like they spike your hair up, they spike your hair up, that kind of stuff. And you could do that where it's just like, obviously like they just went through this makeover thing or they have a bunch of like black light, like invisible ink kinds of stuff. So like when you go into the battle arena, it, it shines a bunch of black lights on you. And then suddenly, you know, you've got like a third eye and like all kinds of crazy stuff written all over your body. And like, Ooh, yeah, I love that. I wouldn't would that be that cool? Too. It'd be really exciting. Like, cause then, then you're done with the battle and you leave and you're like, Oh, I just look like a normal person again. But whenever the black lights shine on you, you look like a really care, you know, mm-hmm. scary, like uh formidable foe, it, it, formidable foe. Exactly. Oh yeah. I, I would see that. Like, oh my God, he's got a giant eye on his head too. What's going on here? <laughs> And season three, season three is ridiculous. Um, but it was part of the Battle City arc where they get the finalists, which is uh, Yuki, uh, Merrick, and uh, Joey. They opted all to decide the order and who they're playing. So they go in the dual, this thing called the Dual Tower. Uh, it, 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 it's got these elevator things, and you go up and down depending on your life points. And oh, if cool. whoever, yeah, whoever loses, like it's fourth place, like, and they go, you go from there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I was thinking that could almost be like a Hollywood ter- Terror of Terror thing, like. Whoa. Um, yeah, you could like there could be four elevators, and I don't know they could all hold like maybe like four to eight people each, and mm-hmm. like, you you like choose who you want to ride, and it will be always be a different experience. You don't know who's gonna win the stool. Oh. Like you can have like Yugi, you can have Yugi, Kaiba, Merrick, and Joey like all dueling, and you be like, oh, we're losing, and like I, I, I don't know, like just, it drops it you all, down, right? It, it yeah. drops, drops you up and down just depending on like, what happens. Like oh no, yeah. like I just took I oh I I got, my, I got hit my life points. Oh no, and every time like <laughs> he like he says that like you, you fall down like. I don't know. That'd be I so love dope, that like, idea. Yeah. So, so the main yeah. like premise of the the card game is that you're trying to, you know, get your opponent's life points down to zero, and they're trying to do the same to you. So that would be so fun. You get to like sit over the shoulder, and like you're rooting for one of these four fictional characters who's playing out in this big arena, um, and mm-hmm. then you're actually on a, a thrill ride. You know, drops you up, drops like raises you up if they heal, drops mm-hmm. you down quickly if they lose, and then maybe if you uh, get knocked all the way to zero. You can drop even further than the ground of the arena, so like it's a big drop if you actually lose and you get knocked out of the out of yeah, the battle. You, yeah, you end up in ancient Egypt, <laughs> right? Right? Maybe you don't deserve to be yeah. down there yet if you lost, though. You know, they they gotta like yeah right. get the heck out of there, get back upstairs. Um, it'd also be a cool tournament type, like 
because so much of this is about battling and we want to probably do some variation where it's not just the same game you can play at home with your friends but like what if you have one where you have a an <coughs> ongoing um a life is it called life points is that what you called it yeah life points okay so but what if you had like an ongoing life point total for the day so you know every different battle you get into it's it's chipping away at your your overall like day length uh, life point total and maybe you can only lose a certain amount per battle but that like increases the stakes for the individual part guest like man if mm-hmm. i get down to zero life points i can't battle anymore today um and you know maybe you, there's like a refill station somewhere on the the campus in the park somewhere but it'd be really fun and kind of give you like an ongoing reason to keep battling is like i'm trying to, to win and that can increase your overall life points and then that could be how they pick who gets to go and do the, you know, the God card area or the Egyptian gods area is whoever or, has the um, highest life points. In, 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 the, in the Duelist Kingdom arc, they had these things called dual gauntlets where you would get star chips and you could, you would bet those. That would be another oh, good thing. Cool. You get star chips when you first walk in yeah. and you get these, you get, a, you get a cool memorabilia thing. It'll be part of the ticket price. Mm-hmm. And every time like uh, you wager those to duel, like, oh, hey, I, I offer two. And, and then if, when you get 10, like... I don't know. That'd be a cool concept. That's really cool. Yeah, you're right. Using those the gadgets that they use in the show, and like having the guests be able to to either purchase those, you know, or get them with the price of admission, or maybe just borrow them. It'd be really cool to be able to walk around the park having these really cool like accessories that the characters in the show wear, and then you can use those as a you know something to bet or something to give you access to a certain part of the park or whatever. I love that. Oh, and this just popped back mm-hmm. in my head. The uh, we're talking about the synchro part, like the the motorcycle dueling. Because that's that's like a, mm-hmm. a, a game mechanic, it'd be cool if that was a just there was like basically a stadium with just a whole bunch of those motorcycles going around like a track. And I love the names of all this stuff, like dual runners, um, you know, the D gazer, like everything is these very cool, like stylized Japanese sounding names. We are closer than brothers. Now we have to fight each other. And we trust our fate to the heart of the car. Cool. So, so I think that we could uh, kind of work on like the overall like plot arc a little bit of this, or or just kind of brainstorm some more stuff like um, you know restaurants or like stores. What other kind of experiences do we want to have here? Like um, we talked about the live action theater and so many different arenas that we want to have. But is there any other kind of like mm-hmm. entertainment that has been really uh, something you want to talk about? If anything, Joey would have a pizza restaurant. Since nice. Joey's Pizzeria. I don't know. Um, Domino City pizzeria it's like Domino's, but it could just be a branded thing like we just have Domino's. like don't even worry about it welcome to domino yeah. city we have like 20 Domino's within this one theme park if yeah, someone asks hey is there for zoli's get out no Domino's <laughs> only Domino's is life um because that is the only game-based fast food restaurant i can think of and you know the whole world of Yu-Gi-Oh is all about the games the game is life so maybe like a dave and busters to go on oh yeah that'd be cool um, actually, an arcade is a really neat idea, and I think in the manga, uh, Kaiba Land has, uh, it's called a Blue Eyes Arcade, so mm-hmm. we could just steal that whole cloth. Um, let's mm-hmm. see what else was on that original um, Kaiba Land thing. Um, they had a Blue Eyes monorail, which is pretty cool in one of the series. 
So just like a monorail going around the park, that's, you know, dragon themed. It doesn't have to be blue eyes, white dragon on everything. Although that well, is actually that I was thinking about that too. The monorail could be themed. There's this card called a uh, tour guide from the underworld. It's, it's a really decent card. Whoa. I don't know if it's still playable now, mm-hmm. but um, if you want to look that up, but like, it's just like, it looks kind of wacky, but like all the uh, stewardess or whatever you would call that on a train uh, would just be dressed like that and like kind of be like tour guides. Like, Oh, Hey, if you look to your left. Uh, that's industrial illusions or to your right, like this is that. Oh, ha- have, have a wonderful stay at Kaiba land. Like I, that I sounds cool. That would be a kind of cute idea. Dude. I like that a lot. Um, and it yeah. could be kind of cool if they're going with like the kind of underworld theme that maybe that train gets to get a glimpse of the Egyptian gods area, which no one else gets access to unless they're invited. But because you're going like beyond this realm, you can kind of see a glimpse of it. It'd be pretty cool if it's like a hidden well, Easter egg. Well, that you bring that up, I was thinking for that Egyptian segment, we're going to be a bit nerdy here. With Good. That. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, completely. Well, one they'd make like a fake exhibit talking about like the history of Yu-Gi-Oh and the Pharaoh and like the priests and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they would have like all the statues and like props that look exactly like the show. But then also like for the really hardcore Egyptian nerds, they would have like segments like of like actual like pharaohs or maybe like they would rotate in like certain elements from the show that actually have to do with real history. I don't know. That's cool. Just so like people just so people can be like, oh hey, like there is at least some educational value for my kid playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. Just a silly idea, right? And yeah. even uh, that's something that I've been I've been really fascinated with recently is things that are kind of like educational adjacent. Like they're not educational programs, but they kind of reference or like rely on stuff that's very educational. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm I'm really into recently. Like I was on a, a podcast well, called the Carton Cast talking about uh, Johnny Quest recently, and we're like, there's a oh, lot of cool science stuff that they bring that up. Fun. They just like kind of you know talk about it for just a minute, but there's some really cool science content that makes you want to go like i would kind of want to look that up a little bit more after this episode so yeah it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to like inspire a little bit of curiosity about you know educational stuff like you know the actual history of ancient egypt or the actual history of <laughs> real games it'd be cool if they had a gaming uh history museum yeah. and there was there was another season that uh the main bad guy was from atlantis they could that could be a Whoa. little exhibit at one point dude that's like uh, my yeah. weakness i'm obsessed with atlantis for some reason so yes please well, more of that well, Yu-Gi-Oh! Waking the Dragons, look up that season. It takes place right after all the Battle City stuff. It okay. was a filler season, but it was it was pretty wacky. Sweet. Uh, well, one of, the main, one of his main bad guys is essentially Oliver Queen. Uh-huh. The Green Arrow? Yeah, he's essentially the Green Arrow, but, huh. he's, a, but he's a bad guy. Cool. That sounds exciting. Another, an idea I had for a, for a restaurant, actually, this reminded me of the, uh, before the Kaiba Land opened in the original manga this is just from the research i did i didn't actually read this mm-hmm. this book but um what is kaiba's younger brother's name is it like makuba mokuba 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 so i guess mokuba did this thing where it was like a russian roulette uh dining area so they've got like a a turntable thing like a lazy susan and one of the meals is poisoned <laughs> So I don't think we want to actually poison our guests, but it'd be funny if like all of the dishes look identical and then one of them like has like, instead of a, you know, tomato based sauce, it's like strawberry based sauce. And it's like, Oh, this is really gross. Or something really spicy or something that makes you yeah. poop your pants. I, I mean, you don't want, you, you don't want, you don't want to give your customers food poisoning, but you sign a waiver before right. you walk in there. When you go to sign up for a table, you know, you put your name and they're like, okay, well, um, one of you will get the, you know, the bad dish. Do you want it to be, Something that that looks weird. Do you want it to taste funny, or do you want it to be, you know, like uh, filled with with laxatives? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love this idea. And another entertainment thing that could be that they get into this 
all the time in Yu-Gi-Oh! is like a like puzzle room, like a room you need to figure your way out of. Use you know you got to out outsmart the uh, these kind of like um, scary like design elements that are in the room. You need to figure out a way to overcome your your foe, and so that's like a huge theme in the show that happens all the time. Not only with the games, but also with the stakes. You know you have to outsmart your opponent and outwit them. So doing some kind of like um, I don't know maybe like survivor type or escape room type things where you're in a room, you need to figure your way out of it, or you need to figure out how to get mm-hmm. up over this obstacle. And all the, all the answers are in the room, but you need to know where to look to find them. And usually there's like some kind of right. bad guy coming after you or some kind of threat. And I think that we should definitely include game stores and they should be kind of Yu-Gi-Oh themed. So it's not just like a regular, not, not even a question. They would be there. They would be there. <laughs> Absolutely. And they have really cool stuff like the, uh, that, Oh crap. What's it called? The, the pyramid thing, the little puzzle that Yugi solves to get, his abilities millennium the millennium puzzle yeah there's like that kinds of stuff like those little like oddities and like ancient egyptian artifacts could be like in the display case behind the counter and stuff but you can also just buy you know Yu-Gi-Oh cards or you know card sleeves and like the normal like game store stuff but there's a little bit more mystique to it and a little bit more intrigue and maybe mm-hmm. you can find some like some clues to like different plot points that happen throughout the park and like there can be some narrative structures that kind of weave throughout the different parks. So if you go to like, mm-hmm. you know, the certain area, you might find a clue that can connect with something else you get if you win this one tournament or whatever. There can be connections like that. Oh, I'm loving this park so much. The world of Yu-Gi-Oh! is pretty strange. It's like, what if the only hobby anyone could have is playing this one game? Like, what would that culture evolve into? <laughs> it's pretty hardcore. What else? Well, okay, what do you think about the name? Do we want to call it Kaiba Land, or should we call it something related to Yu-Gi-Oh!, and then there is Kaiba Land within the park? Well, I mean, Kaiba, Kaiba Land could be part of the park, but I think just to get more mainstream people to come in, it would be called Yu-Gi-Oh! Land or Yu-Gi-Oh! World, mm-hmm. or it would be called uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!'s uh, Duelist Kingdom or something of that sort. I like that, and it's something that's always weirded me out is that there's so many different series of Yu-Gi-Oh!, and they have different main characters not named Yugi, mm-hmm. but the show's still yeah. called Yu-Gi-Oh!, it's kind of weird. It's, it's almost like doing that with Power Rangers. You can't really do that. Like, oh, hey, like they're, we're all different colored suits, but we are Super Mystic Force. Right. You still have to call but, it Power Rangers with right. a different subtitle. Yeah, that makes sense. You the just I was like, the Yu-Gi-Oh name doesn't necessarily mean anything because it's not like Yugi is the most important character in the whole universe or anything, but but he is pretty important. You know, he's he's a... But in the end, he's not the one who created the game. He's not like the one who hosts the tournaments. He's just a player in this world. So, kind of weird. To yeah, name but, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, you have a grudge against Yugi now that no, no, no. <laughs> he's, that up? he's a cool character. I like regular Yugi and I like Dark Yugi, but it's uh, it's a weird thing to like name the whole series that. And like the card game is called that, even though he's just someone who plays the card game. You know, it's like if there's a game that you like a lot and they call it Will Cards. It's like, well, that's one person who plays it, so I don't know if we need to name it after him. But <laughs> um, I would love that. <laughs> so I would just like. I'd relish it too much, and then everybody would hate it because I got I got too cocky. Mm-hmm. It's named after me, All right? Uh. So I, I'm okay with using the Yu-Gi-Oh name. It is it is what every single series is called. So 
And I like Duelist mm-hmm. Kingdom. That sounds really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist Kingdom. Cool. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is a pretty different kind of park than the ones I've done before, but I, I do like it a lot. And I kind of had forgotten about this series because I've been out of the card game for so long. Like, I, I do mm-hmm. like the series a lot, and going back and doing the research was really fun. Um, it, was, it was like an inspirational kind of thing. Like, it got my mind going in a lot of different directions. Cool. Anything else that you'd like to add to our park while we're still here? Um, I thought of one more. I don't know if I already said it, but well, go ahead. in case I didn't, um, Jaden Yuki's uh, cards are all based on superheroes. Yeah. Um, so even though I don't like that season, they could be like almost like a laser tag or like one of those like you know like the little shoot the ball things that, to- that Toy Story has at Disney yeah. World. Yeah. In Disneyland. Uh, you can maybe like have a game like that where you're, like you're helping those superheroes like save the day or something like that. Cool. And there's another there's another character who has Destiny heroes. Like I, I think they're both trying to I think they're both parodies of DC and Marvel characters. So obviously like people were like oh hey I'm kind of tired of a uh, Marvel land and Six Flags doesn't really like have that much of a draw. Let's go to check out the Yu-Gi-Oh heroes. Let's check those guys out. Cool. So I, you can I get like maybe that. a draw there, but. Yeah. yeah. So you could do some kind of superhero themed themed attractions, and there's a series like. I, I look at the uh, the card rack at Target every time I'm there, like the trading card games. Like I literally haven't bought anything for years from there, but I always look at the art and just kind of see what the new the new mechanics are and stuff. And there was one series yeah. that kind of looked a little bit Power Rangersy from uh, Yu Gi Oh, and I was like, oh, this this looks amazing. Like this is like really cool because it's a, like dark kind of arcane uh, lore that Yu Gi Oh brings, but it looks like Power Rangers. It seemed really cool. I think that being able to include like a superhero area would be really cool. And the kind of, because Yu-Gi-Oh! does include a lot of different types of cards. Like the, the characters in the cards range from so many different mythologies and so many different inspirations where you can make the park pretty diverse in like its experiences. You know, you can have superhero types of rides. You can have kind of like sci-fi kind of rides. There's like some kind of steampunk stuff. There's magical stuff, kind of like uh, ancient Egypt types of themes. And then the Atlantis area, like, there's a lot of different parks we could put in this. Like, a lot of different, you know, lands, mm-hmm. like in Disneyland, like the the small lands within, the little kingdoms. So that'd be really cool to do, you know, an Atlantis area with a mm-hmm. lot of water rides and stuff. Or, um, yeah, you know, just themed attractions that are appropriately yeah. themed to all the different, like, sub-themes within Yu-Gi-Oh! Thanks for being on, dude. Um, this has been a really cool experience. Like at the beginning of this, you know, there I had certain fond memories of Yu-Gi-Oh, but now that we've started talking about this, the design of the overall park and like all the different sub themes and all the different experiences you can fit in there, like I'm really stoked about this place now. I'm, I'm glad. I, I mean, I had I had all these ideas jumbling in my head while I was working out earlier today, and uh-huh. just when I pitched it, I was like, "All right, we got this. We got this." I'm like, "Oh no, that wouldn't work." And then as uh, we were finally getting like crunch time like getting this ready i was like oh my god yeah we can do this that i I found even more ideas in my head about the series i did watch so i was like oh my god like this actually could be a feasible park it's it's a fun experience too like really getting your your mind working towards something like once you start getting a little bit of traction like okay we're making a Yu-Gi-Oh theme park now we know where we're going then running towards that destination is really fun like coming up with like all the different things that we can throw in there it's uh it's a cool experience cool thank you for being on and uh 
if my you know my listeners want to check you out some more, where where can they find you? You can find me at on YouTube at the Will West Show. I uh, talk about movies, nerd stuff, like we were talking about. And in fact, if you could tell from our riffing and talking about nerd stuff, um, I I've got some deep cuts and deep knowledge over here. Um, I also have Twitter at Willie Westside Twelve. Thank you so much for being on. You added a lot. That was great. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Sure. Appreciate thing. it. Yeah. Have a good one. Be well. Remember that anyone can do this. So, like, it's not like you have to be a professional or anything or actually be a guest on the show to really contribute to it. So, if you check out our Facebook and subreddit, there's always opportunities for, you know, the listeners to interact with us and to give us ideas for the show. In fact, we got a bunch of awesome submissions from the Yu-Gi-Oh! subreddit this week, so I'm going to read uh, some of those out to you. A Reddit user named EzMDD had an idea for Hungry Burger, which is a specific Yu-Gi-Oh! card, and so we could do some some Hungry Burger-themed restaurant. Hungry Burger is a you know, specific card from the, the card game, but it's got like teeth, it's like a scary-looking burger. And there's also a similar one that another user recommended called Doom Donuts, which is a donut with teeth on it. So I thought it'd be kind of fun if we had like a restaurant that was kind of horror-themed and a lot of the food has like, you know, fake little teeth attached to it. And obviously you want to take the teeth out before you eat it, but it'd be kind of cool. It would make the food look really interesting. And to go along with this restaurant, um, I was reminded of a, an old Yu-Gi-Oh card called Just Desserts which is like someone getting what they deserve. And I thought that'd be a cool name for a dessert shop. So there could be a Just Desserts dessert shop next to the, the burger restaurant. El Barto Original had an idea for an uh, attraction based on the Zodiac cards, which are these beasts based on the Zodiac. And it's called the Zodiac Pet Zone. So it's like a Zodiac-inspired pet zone. Uh, but going with a double O motif. So this could be like a petting zoo area or even a part you could bring your own pets into, but I thought it was a funny name. Reddit user Ultimate Giorgio had an idea for ABC roller coaster and ABC Dragon Buster is a really like crazy kind of tank mixed with a dragon from the card game. And I thought that could be a kind of interesting area, like an interesting way to blend between kind of the fantasy sub-theme and like the sort of military sub-theme, because this character is kind of a little bit of both of those. Alberto Original also had an idea based on this kind of crazily named card called Number 81 Super Dreadnought Rail Cannon Super Dora. That's the name of the card. Um, It's this really like wild looking tank. It's a very cool stylized tank. Um a rail cannon actually so it's on a rail so it would easily make a ride and that was uh, El Barto Original's idea and I think that would be really cool and the, the ride vehicles would look just amazing because it has like this tank with you know a really long cannon off of it and it's it's just a cool looking card um, the name is really funny as well so I think I think it's cool having such a long name such like a over-the-top name adds a lot a user called DDD Hero had a bunch of awesome ideas um, some of them we actually already covered in the main episode but some of my favorite ones were a Performa Pal and Melodious Stage Show. So these are two different sets of cards. The Performa Pals are kind of like circus-themed animals. And I think those would be really cool animatronics, and they, they tend to like you know play instruments and that kind of thing. So it would be a really cool-looking stage show to do, a, or, or like a dark ride, where you kind of ride around like, um, like it's a small world and see all these different crazy characters, all the Performa Pals performing. Also, uh, Melodious 
is a like a, a series of, of beasts. They're kind of almost like sirens, but they're all very musical. So that would be a really cool stage show as well. And it could even be like, uh, you know, similar like Dark Room Ride. They could even be blended together, I suppose. And a user called I Was Told There'd Be Food had some awesome ideas. Some of them we actually already came up with during the episode, but also uh, they had an idea for a, a giant pyro clock of destiny, which is a specific card. And so this would just be a really cool looking, very uh, ornate clock that would be like, you know, really high up on a tower so the guests can see it to see what time it is. But it's got a lot more to it. It could have, you know, like fire effects and pyrotechnics and cool stuff like that, which would be sweet. Uh, they also brought up a really interesting card called Bokoichi, the Frightening Car, which is a train car that is like kind of haunted and has like a mouth on one end of it. So I thought that could go really well with our uh, tour guide from the underworld kind of, you know, haunted themed train attraction. That'd be great. And then we also got another submission uh, for a ghost trick haunted house and so ghost trick is like a a word that's used frequently in the cards to describe this kind of like haunted theme and it looks really cool like um there's a card that's a ghost trick parade and so i thought it'd be really cool to have a big you know ghost trick haunted house with all the kind of spooky stuff that happens within that kind of like a haunted mansion type of deal but then also do a nightly ghost trick parade where they get to go through the whole park all these you know mummies and zombies and all the scary stuff so that would be so awesome Cool. Thank you guys for listening so much. Um, yeah, hopefully we're back on schedule with the every three weeks thing. Um, you know, the last episode I was a week late, so this one I'm a week early. So hopefully we're good now. Um, cool. And I'll see you in three weeks. <laughs>